0: We are now officially in the year 2023. So let's take a look back at 2022. From the FBI raiding Donald Trump to the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade, it was a wild ride. And we covered it all on The Truth with Lisa Booth. Let's take a trip down memory lane of some of my favorite interviews over the course of the past year. I mean, there's been so many. We've had so many interesting conversations with so many truth tellers. So many fearless and brave people who aren't afraid to ruffle feathers, who aren't afraid to say things that are contradictory to the group think and and what you're hearing elsewhere. Over the course of the next hour, you're going to hear from Governor DeSantis. I got the opportunity to sit down with him in an over 40-minute conversation in person and talk about some of the most important issues facing our country. We talked about how he handled and navigated COVID to his governing style We also talked about the threat that puberty blockers face to to teenagers and the impact of that and the importance of protecting kids. We were able to talk to Fox News's Laura Ingram after the FBI had just raided Donald Trump's home in an unprecedented move. We talked to her about what that means for the future of the country. And we heard her insight. You'll hear that as well. I also got the chance to talk to Matt Walsh after his film came out, What is a Woman? About the impact of this movement towards encouraging young people to, you know, cut their generals off in the name of transgenderism. What's the impact of all that on the country and young people? And then you'll hear from country music star John Rich. We had a great conversation with him. He's a smart man. He's a brave man. About what it's like being inside the country music industry. About the politics involved in that and why he refuses to be a cog in the wheel there and why he stands up on his own. He releases his music on his own. Why that's important to him. And get his take on the direction the country is heading. I hope you'll continue to listen for future conversations in the year 2023. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this review of 2022. the most talked about governor in America, and he's also my governor, Governor Ron DeSantis. He led Florida through COVID by rejecting Anthony Fauci, rejecting the CDC, showing the rest of the country that lockdowns don't work. And I don't want to know what this country would look like if it wasn't for Florida and Governor Ron DeSantis leading the way for freedom, standing against the totalitarians. And now he's taking on woke culture. He's fighting the left, fighting the media, and protecting children from indoctrination. And for this episode, I wanted to get into all those issues, and we do. But I also wanted to get into the governor's thought process. How does he make decisions? Who is Governor Ron DeSantis? We talk about his family and his upbringing as well. And if you haven't checked out his bio, it's insane. The guy is a complete stud. He went to Yale University, where he graduated with honors for the captain of the varsity baseball team. He graduated with honors from Harvard Law School. There, he earned a commission in the U.S. Navy as a JAG officer. Then, during active duty service, he deployed to Iraq as an advisor to U.S. Navy commander. And his military decorations include the Bronze Star Medal for Meritorious Service in the Iraq Campaign Medal. This was also my first in-person interview And I went to a press conference he gave about the Stop Woke Act. We're going to get into that and so much more. I hope you love this interview. I know I do. Here's my conversation with Governor Ron DeSantis. Governor, it's such an honor to have you on the show.
1: Well, thanks for having me. And I think you've... How long have you been in Florida? Over a year? It's like a year and a half. Oh I, you should put me on the board of tourism. There we go. There I'm, we go. I'm constantly selling the state, so... Most people who've moved... In fact, everyone that talks to me, none of them regret it. And I know you really enjoyed it. So, it means a lot to us.
0: It's like living in paradise. I, it's, well, actually, if you're conservative, come here. If you're not, stay home.
1: Well, I think that's what's happening. I mean, yeah. I think we... Re- Really, because of what we've done, people are so sensitive, particularly with COVID, about the type of state government they live under, and they know it can affect everything from their kids' education to even being able to work and doing all these things, like we saw the crazy policies. And so they are voting with their feet, and we have seen a huge shift towards Republicans since I've been governor.
0: Well, and speaking of crazy policies, so you just held a press conference for the Stop Woke Act. What is it? Why was it needed? Tell the
1: audience about it. WOKE, in this context, stands for Stop Wrongs Against Our Kids and Employees Act. And so part of it is giving parents the ability to hold school districts accountable who do critical race theory, which is not allowed in Florida schools. Part of it also is to give employees, particularly from these big companies, of civil rights protection against having this oppressive woke ideology imposed on them for job trainings people are having to be told that they have to confess their white privilege and all this other stuff and honestly it's asinine and so we really with this bill are doing more to battle wokeness and CRT than any state has done in the country
0: and stop woke act did you come up with that on your own that's that's good that was my
1: idea that's good.
0: <laughs> I like it. So I I wanted to sincerely thank you for providing me safe refuge, because if it wasn't for you keeping Florida free, I might be in a gulag somewhere for the unvaccinated. And and like I say that in jest, but also in sincerity, I don't know if you saw that Rasmussen poll from not too long ago where you looked at Biden supporters of them, 51% favored the government putting the unvaccinated in designated facilities, 29% of Democrats more broadly supported taking children away from parents who weren't vaccinated. How far away? were we and how far are we from those kinds of scenarios taking fold
1: well i think if florida had not stood up against that and many other bad policies i think that those would have taken hold of the whole country we'd look more like canada right now we were the first state over a year ago we banned vaccine passports and when we did it The left had a conniption, but even some of these, quote, libertarians like, oh, you're banning passports with a private business. And I'm like, yeah, I am, because your rights should not be circumscribed in terms of just participating in society based on this COVID shot. It's a private matter. And if one business does it, then people are going to say Florida has passports and we don't allow them. The result of that was we had the biggest domestic tourism year in 2021 than we had in the history of the state. And we had more foreign visitors to Florida than New York City did. New York City has led for like the last 20 years. They wouldn't be coming here if they had to show paperwork to go get a hamburger. Uh, What we did was good for the individual, but it was also good for our state. And I think if you look at what we did to ban school districts from forcing the kids to get the covid vax very very early on that gave so many parents a good peace of mind we have had families move to florida just because of that issue i don't know how it went from make it available to people particularly senior citizens to all of a sudden being you know you're not gonna even be able to leave your home some people have said if you don't get this covid shot And oh by the way The COVID, say what you want about it, it does not prevent you from spreading it or getting infected anyways. And so I thought it was a huge, huge threat to freedom. I think we held the line. And I think because we held the line, I think other states didn't fall. In fact, it's been reported in some of these uh, liberal publications that... Fauci and some of these people in Biden's White House wanted him to do more draconian restrictions, particularly with interstate travel and vax passes. And some of his political guys said, you know, if you do that, Governor DeSantis is going to light you up. And I would have.
0: And good for you for that. I mean, you know, I I think that's why conservatives are just loving hearing what you're doing, seeing what you're doing here in Florida, really holding the line and going on the offense. And and right now we're, we're sort of seeing these diverging viewpoints in the Republican Party, like particularly when you look at what's going on with Disney. And there's one school of thought where, you know, Republicans who are based to sort of see those numbers that I mentioned with Rasmussen and understand that there's some on the left that would put you away or take your kids away for your beliefs, right? And then there's this other side of the Republican Party who thinks you can reason with people who hold those thoughts. Uh, You know, for instance, on Disney, Charles Cook with the National Review said that there was no need for you in the Florida legislature to salt the earth, take revenge, or make Florida's policies worse. You know, how should we approach today's left?
1: Well, look, I, all I would say is if you think one California based company having their own government. And having separate rules from everybody else in Florida is good policy. I'd like to know how you're coming to that conclusion. I mean, the fact of the matter is, this was a, an aberration when it was done in the '60s to draw them in, and maybe it was the right thing then. I don't know, but now uh, it is just not justifiable at all. And so the question is, is not that oh, you're doing it to, to for quote revenge? The issue is, is Disney really damaged its political standing in Florida? The legislature would never have considered doing this. six months ago, but because Disney's coming out and supporting transgender ideology and young kids, kids education, you saw the Zoom calls where these higher ups in Disney are talking about, we have this agenda to really get into kids programming. Uh, there's not a lot of defenders at Disney right now. So you're able to look at this with a fresh set of eyes and say, you know what, is this really the partnership that the state of Florida wants? And and I didn't think it was. I would have I would have signed this bill if they had passed it two years ago just on, on, on substance. But particularly now, when their corporate culture is dedicated to that, and they also came out saying they're going to make it a mission to repeal parents' rights in Florida. So yes, we signed the bill, we quote, quote, won politically, whatever that means, but they said they're coming uh, to really do damage in Florida. And so we've got to take that seriously.
0: Why would corporations need to be involved in the first place in Florida politics or a politics of a state?
1: Well, I think what I've always said is these businesses have every right. It's a free country. You have a right. But if you get into the political thicket, then just understand, you know, we're going to tussle. We're going to fight back and we're going to expose what you do. When Disney criticizes Florida, they don't say a word about the Communist Party in China. They don't say a word about the Uyghurs. They don't say a word about a lot of the places they do business who will actually execute homosexuals. And so saying that they're somehow this big LBGTQ, not when it affects their bottom line, they're willing to do business in a lot of very bad places. And so to single Florida out just by saying that you shouldn't have this transgender ideology in young kids' classrooms uh, was, was really weird. But I think that what's happening in corporate America is... Some of the executives are woke and they think that they have this. um, I think most of it, though, is there's cabals of employees who are very radical and I don't think they represent the kind of the overall viewpoint of the employees. But I think most of these other employees are scared to speak out because if you speak out against this stuff, people will attack you. They'll come after you. I mean, for example, with the women's sports, you know, we were very strong in saying what they did in that 500 yard freestyle to to have a male swimmer who swam for three years on the men's team, then switch to women. And you say that's the women. Women's champion, you're depriving these other women of fair opportunities and one of the second place finisher, quote unquote, should have won the championship. She was from Florida. So we put out a proclamation and people would tell me, governor, thanks for standing up for this. We're too scared to speak out because we're worried about the consequences. So I think what's happened in these companies is they just have a lot of momentum. There's really nobody that's pushing back against them. And so they end up having an outsized influence. But I do not think that woke impulse represents a majority of, of, uh, Employees, even in, in Disney in California, certainly not Disney in Orlando. I mean, they when they did the big day of protests, they had one employee protest in Orlando. I think most of those employees... Yeah, I think most of those employees either supported the, the bill or just didn't think Disney should get involved with it. And so, but, but I do think this is going to increasingly be an issue. And so what do we do as conservatives? Do we allow massive corporate power to get behind a very pernicious ideology and impose that on society? And what, we just say free market and don't do anything while everything is getting steamrolled i don't think you can do that so i think you get in the arena and you fight back and that's what we're doing
0: do you think corporations will think twice before weighing in on some of this stuff now i think
1: they will in florida
0: yeah i think so too you know i wanted to ask you so the the florida department of health has issued guidelines for treating gender dysmorphia recommending against gender transition puberty blockers and hormones but would you support a state law banning any of those medical interventions for children
1: I would ban the um, yeah, I would ban the sex shade of the operations. I think that it's something that you can't get a tattoo if you're if you're twelve years old. When they say gender affirming care, I mean what they mean a lot of times is you are really you're castrating a young boy, you're sterilizing a young girl, you're you're doing mastectomies for, for these very young girls. And here's the thing, what our guidance pointed to, and the Surgeon General did a great job. For these young kids, eighty percent of the cases resolve themselves as they grow up, and so you're doing things that are permanently altering them, and then they're not going to be able to reverse that. And so I don't think it's appropriate for kids at all. I think the guidance is right, uh, but I think that there should be um, additional protections because you know when you're growing up, there are things that you know it's an awkward time, and it seems like there there's a concerted effort in society to push these kids in. To do some type of medical intervention, and in our judgment, that's not healthy. Well,
0: I was going to ask you why do you think the left is digging their heels in so hard on some of these issues? I mean, there's literally a Netflix series right now called He's Expecting, which you know I wasn't aware that's possible. But, you know, and obviously they've attacked you for the parental rights bill. Uh, you know, they've stood behind men playing in women's sports. So why why are they digging their heels in on this?
1: I can't explain it. I just think they're they have a very militant leftist ideology. I think their view is, you know, they want to salt the earth of society and upend all these different conventions. I mean, you know, the House of Representatives under Pelosi, the beginning of this current Congress, they voted to ban using the words on the house floor mother, sister, daughter, things like that. They said it was not inclusive enough. And I think most people see that and they're like, this is nuts. When they see that picture of the swim, you know, champion versus and then you have the other three girls hugging off to the side, They're looking at that, they're like, come on, when you tell me that a man can get pregnant, uh, I'm not down with that. I know that that's not true. So I think it's been very uh, damaging uh, to them politically because the more the left is, I mean, fairly. Tagged with those views. I think it's abhorrent to a lot of folks. And I think that's part of the reason why you see so many particularly working class constituencies fleeing the left and going to probably vote Republican this year.
0: Quick commercial break back with the great Lori Ingram on the other side. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has doubled the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa.
2: Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice.
0: None other than the great Laura Ingram. You know Laura Ingram from the Ingram Angle on Fox News, always speaking the truth, fearless, uh, independent-minded, which I deeply respect. I love people like that. I love people like her. So I, I got to tell you, it's an honor to, to have her a guest as a guest on the show. Uh, you know her from TV. She previously was a nationally syndicated radio show, the Laura Ingram Show. And also, before her media days, she worked as a speechwriter in the Reagan administration in the late 1980s. You know, she went on to get her law degree. She worked as a judicial clerk in the Second Court of Appeals in New York. Then for the United States Supreme Court uh, for Justice Clarence Thomas. So she's lived a, a, an interesting life. Obviously, accomplished a, a great deal. But I think most importantly, she's fearless and she's brave. I originally wanted to have her on to to talk about life and to talk about some of that, you know, really interesting work experience she had and how she got into media and all those sorts of things and then the FBI decided to raid Trump, right? And the the country got turned upside down and my plans got turned upside down for the things I wanted to discuss. So now we're going to talk about that, the impact it has on the country. We'll get into other things too, but you know, primarily just sort of talk about the direction this nation is heading in. so I hope you enjoy this conversation. I know it's an honor for me. Uh, Big fan of Laura Ingram. I'm sure you are too. So here she is, Laura Ingram. A a big show today, a a big week. Obviously, a lot happening in the country. Uh, The great Laura Ingram is joining us. You know, Laura, I originally wanted to talk about life because you're a badass and I admire and respect you. But then the, but then the, but then the, no, I do. But but then the FBI raided Trump. So uh, you know, now we're here, Laura, and it, it, it feels like the country is forever changed, and we have uncertain times ahead.
3: Uh, I think Lisa, we have arrived at the <laughs> at the proverbial Rubicon, and uh, you know, if people know their history, uh, that wasn't good. <laughs> I mean, we, people think, "Oh, we're at the Rubicon; it's a new frontier." No, this I think does so much to undermine what Americans need to believe about their government, namely that. The government exists to make their lives better. It doesn't exist to turn them into enemies. It doesn't exist to, to vanquish political opponents. It actually is supposed to work for us. And if we begin to lose faith in our law enforcement and our federal investigative services, to the extent that I think so many people are losing it now, you know, to quote Newt Gingrich uh, on the Ingram Angle uh, this week, he said, we're at the precipice. I mean, it's not an exaggeration to say we're at the precipice now, because we know already, Lisa, that these forces on the left don't like the Constitution. They're not interested in in the framers. They think the framers are a bunch of racists. And everything about America that has kind of held us together for 250 years, they think is inherently corrupt. Uh, and so they don't care if People don't believe the FBI is, is operating in good faith. They don't they don't care if people think the Justice Department is, is essentially the Praetorian Guard for a, a failing administration. They don't care about any of that because they think the system itself is fatally flawed. They, they would much prefer, and I say they, sort of the, the elites who have, have helped build up China all these years and let our military deteriorate over all these years, they they would f- the far prefer america to be run under a global understanding where where all the big decisions are made elsewhere by people we don't vote for and by people who don't really have much respect for what the american experiment was really all about so so it doesn't surprise me that they would go this low and degrade our system to the to the extent that they are because the people who are really pulling the levers of power now they don't like our system they they think it's corrupt and they think it's it itself needs to be smashed and reformed and remade into something that's much less accountable to the people who who they believe are also <laughs> corrupt and racist um so i think that's really the conundrum that we're facing is a is a ruling class that has no respect for our foundational documents or uh, you know, our our entire framework of, of existence and liberty for the people and securing liberty for the people, they don't like that. And that, that, that kind of system gave us Donald Trump in 2016. And, you know, it's propelled Ron DeSantis to embarrass all these other governors who kept their states closed. So I think, I think Americans overwhelmingly want things to get better. I think they overwhelmingly want things to go back to, quote, normal. Um, the new normal that we see we see uh, playing out since the pandemic and you know, we all now see the truth about that i mean some of us saw it early on but you know that's all right better late, later than never but people want to return to normalcy of a government they can uh, they don't necessarily will trust but they they think is not purely existing to make their lives miserable uh, and i think that's what we're going to we're going to see play out in these election cycles coming up.
0: And how does a nation survive in in the environment that you laid out when you have half of the country, the people on the left, undermining our institutions, not believing in our institutions, you know, not believing in the documents that created this nation and created the framework for the nation? How does a nation survive in that environment? Well, I think
3: the, the only way we can, the only way we've ever gotten through every incredibly difficult situation whether it was the great depression or the civil rights struggle or you know the civil war i mean we have to as a people decide that we aren't going to tolerate a certain type of leader that we're going to we're going to encourage and support those leaders who actually respect the people and I, and i think you see signs of that happening i mean there i think there're too many conservatives out there and not just conservatives, but other people who say, oh, we're going to hell in a handbasket. There's no turning back. It's all law. All hope is lost. I mean, nobody wants to follow that, that mindset. It, Reagan came in in 1980 in an environment that was so broken for America. I mean, we had our, our embassy held hostage. We had, we had Iran erupting. We had the Soviet Union uh, still threatening us. Ah, uh, we had a massive uh, economic disaster on our hands, and we had we had a, a complete decline in patriotism and a and a lack of respect for our military. I mean, across the board in 1979 and 1978, 79 going into 1980, America was in a huge mess. We had terrible crime, cities were a mess, and we had someone to say, "No, no, no! It's going to be morning in America. There's no, we don't have to live this way." So I, I believe this comes from the people, and that finally people get fed up and they propel someone like Reagan. But remember, Reagan lost in nineteen seventy six; he lost the nomination in seventy six, not by a lot. But he he began to put together his framework all the way back in nineteen sixty four, when the, the the really all hope was lost for the conservative movement. Talk about depressing back in sixty four. And so we have to understand that things didn't get screwed up overnight. And they're not going to get fixed overnight. This is going to take an enormous amount of work, but I think it's possible. I mean, I just think there's so many uh, amazing young leaders out there, from whether it's Josh Hawley or Tom Cotton or DeSantis, obviously people like Christy Com and um, you know all the great political leadership we've seen in Texas, with Greg Abbott, and uh, so I, I think there's a lot of hope, and I think I think we're seeing this kind of begin to bubble up in the Younger people winning these primaries. Some of them won't win, some of them will win. But these are people who are, you know, (laughs) these are Hispanics, these are African Americans, these are these are moms, uh, young uh, business people who've just decided, you know, something. I'm not going to sit on the sidelines. I'm going to get involved. And I think that's surprising the Democrats right now. I think that's shocking them uh, of how. Republicans have really thrown off the the cloak of the old establishment that failed us for for decades, and have begun to really embrace this more populist uh, conservatism that that Trump smartly grabbed onto and rode all the way to the presidency in uh, 2016. So I think there's a lot of hope, but it's going to take a lot of work.
0: Well, you, of course, were a speechwriter uh, during the Reagan administration, but I, to your point, I, I believe that's why they're they're cracking down, because you are sort of seeing this uprising, really not just in the United States, but around the world, the people standing up to their government saying, this is enough. COVID really accelerated the rise of authoritarianism in the West, and I, and I, and I think it's opened some eyes. I was interested to see, Laura, I'm sure you, you of Andrew Cuomo, the guy who uh, killed elderly people, then covered it up, saying that, whoa, 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 this is a bridge too far. It must be more than a search for inconsequential archives or it'll be viewed as a political tactic. So even seeing someone like him as corrupt as he is saying that this is corrupt. Yeah,
3: I think that Democrats who've kind of um, been around politics for a long time should be very careful about what they're saying about this uh, search warrant. I mean, I saw Chuck Schumer didn't say anything. He didn't want to get dragged into it. Bernie Sanders didn't say anything. Now, maybe that's just a political tactic. I don't know. But I got to say, I mean, to to drop a warrant on a former president of the United States, a guy who's probably going to be the party's nominee in 2024, man, you better, you better have, like, espionage or something like that. That's just something we... That's something, speaking of norms, that they supposedly are so worried about protecting. That is something we do not do. We do not do that as a country. And they decided to go there. I think, Lisa, you're right. They're very worried about Trump winning again because I kind of joke and I say <laughs> I say Trump comes back. It's going to be no more Mr. Nice Guy. I, mean, <laughs> I kind of joke about that. But... Because he he now has he's learned I would think that he's learned that you have to have great staff, which I think he actually did have at the end. He might not he might not agree with that, but I actually think he really did have good staff, especially at the end. You have to have great staff, and you have to hit the ground running because the 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 swamp will eat you up, and the and this lionizing of the of the military leadership which he did, and I talked about this a lot this week. The lionizing of the generals, just because someone's called a general, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't mean that this is someone who you have to think is right on every single issue. In fact, these generals have been brought up through the ranks of political correctness and diversity, equity, inclusion. And most of them are just worried about the defense contractor board that they're going to land on in five years. So Trump, I think, has had his eyes opened about the truth of the bureaucracy, the truth about the Pentagon, the failures there. For for decades and decades, we haven't won a war outright. Why is that? Why don't we ever ask for accountability on that? And so I think Trump wins this time, Lisa, and he's not going to talk about draining the swamp. He's going to drain the swamp. You talk about You talk about terrifying for them? Yeah, that's going to be terrifying. So I think I think they, they pulled out all the stops because aviator sunglasses, man, ain't going to beat him next time. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, he rolled the curtain back on how corrupt and broken our government truly is. I think it opened a lot of eyes. He opened my my eyes, for sure, really changed my thinking on a lot of things politically. But ultimately, isn't this about the criminalization of free speech and wrong think? Oh, yeah, I think this
3: is one big intimidation play. And I think the way they handled January 6th I said it, I think, the first week after the, you know, after the riot at the Capitol, that this was going to be used as a way to surveil justification for more surveillance, monitoring, intimidation. Uh, You saw what Justice Department did with this domestic terror unit and expanding what actually qualifies as domestic terror. Uh, So I think they, they want Americans to think twice before they... Show up at a rally or before they post online uh, or before they open up a Christian school uh, you know before they go to a you know gun safety class i mean i I, I, I honestly think their their goal here is to make the average American compla- compliant and and, and 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 worried and with good and with good reason i mean when you when you're trying to criminalize parents at school board meetings. And call that and tackle a father whose, whose, whose daughter was raped in a bathroom. I mean, as you saw in that Loudoun County uh, video that I think changed the whole course of the gubernatorial race in, in Virginia. I mean, this is Gestapo stuff. This is, this is stuff that, you know, when I lived in the Soviet Union, when I was a student uh, back at Dartmouth, I mean, I saw that stuff in the Soviet Union. We were, we were scared about who we talked to and we were there, because we knew we were being watched. And without getting too conspiratorial, I mean, how, how much farther down the road do we have to get before we approach that territory?
0: I mean, I'm pretty fully convinced that we're probably all monitored to some degree, to be perfectly honest. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's just if, if you're, you know, if we're being honest about it, uh, they're, they're probably tracking us. But, uh, you know, where are Republicans like Mitch McConnell? I
3: think he truly is stunned that the party has already left him. I, I, I honestly think he really can't believe that the party is not his party anymore. It doesn't matter if he's called Senate Majority Leader. The people aren't with him. And I think it took him a while to grudgingly admit it, obviously in the aftermath of this raid on, on Trump. I think he was thinking Trump was finished. Trump was you know, murmuring about coming back, but I mean, come on, wait, that's not going to happen. Donald Trump, I mean, the, the, the old guard knows what's best for the people on um, trade and immigration and government spending. And and I think he was truly shocked when, after he was outmaneuvered on that climate change bill, uh, that the reaction to the Trump raid was unify the party around the guy who has the America First agenda, not around the guy who's allowed government to grow and who has never met a defense authorization that he doesn't like, which is Mitch McConnell. So I think he, I think he truly was shocked about that, and he was shamed into coming out and making the most flaccid of statements about this raid. About oh well, we we expect the. Uh, the, the the uh, Justice Robert has to be very transparent about this. Well, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. They have to be transparent about it. But it took him, you know, a full twenty-four hours to make any statement. That he was only he was shamed into making that statement about the raid. But again, it was a weak statement. So I think he's. I think he's shocked. I think if they, if you know, it's unlikely that they're going to win the Senate. At least if the races were held today, the Republicans shockingly might not win the Senate back but if they did win the Senate back Mitch McConnell's you know position as majority leader isn't a sure thing that's for sure
0: speaking of that what what impact do you think this has on the electorate heading into the midterms
3: uh well the raid I think unifies the party I think it it, it has the danger of it has the danger of also stoking Democrat turnout because Trump's out there again and maybe he'll announce he's running for president again and The concern is that they hate him so much that, you know, their people were going to turn out on Moss as well. But I'm not sure. I mean, I'm I'm really torn on, on, and I don't know if I'll have a great answer to this, Lisa, because it's a tricky situation given how precarious people's personal budgets are right now. I mean, most people are digging into their savings at, at the middle income levels because their salaries aren't keeping up with inflation. I mean, somehow today they they crowed
0: about how oh, inflation's only 8.5 percent. They're celebrating yeah. that. What was it, what were they celebrating? Yeah. Like pennies off of gas prices? Yeah, you know, right. like everyone's right. paying double, yeah. but so, it's like oh, you saved twenty cents right. or whatever. It's, yeah, it's a great point. So I think that b- the media
3: will continue to try to resurrect, I should say, resuscitate um, Biden biden's performance look he's got these wins and oh because climate change we got the we got the chip bill but celebrating wins on their own because they they were bills were passed that doesn't translate into a better life for the average american so we'll see how this all plays out i tend to believe that it's going to make energy more expensive and uh, imports of various component parts of solar panels, everything more more prevalent, um, I don't think it's going to do much to certainly raise the standard of living of the average American. So I, I think their celebration or their attempt to burnish the Biden record or turn around his momentum, I think that's premature, but that's kind of all they have is spin. I don't think it necessarily means that people in November are going to say, oh God, I want more of this. This has been fun. This has been great. Like Let's go out and vote for... That guy. When they, you know, we haven't even talked about the border, but I think the immigration is under polled as a concern for people. Um, but I think when the school year starts, we're going to have a we're going to have we're going to have a, a lot more concerned parents out there.
0: Well, it is hilarious that uh, you've got people like Eric Adams. You've got Democrats who are saying, "Oh, you know, diversity is our strength. You know, let them come in. We we need to take all of them." And then the second buses start showing up to New York City, they're like, "Oh, this is going to overwhelm our schools, overwhelm our healthcare." And it's like, as Republicans, we're like, "We've been saying this. Like, that's the whole point. Welcome to the club." I think you're right, and I think again,
3: I think people people conflate Trump with with people's overall sense of, of happiness in the country. I mean, I, you know, Donald Trump's been a friend of mine for 25 years, and, I, I, and I, I'm always very open about this on my, on my show. But, you know, we'll see whether that's what the country wants. I mean, the country, country, I think, is so exhausted. Uh, they're exhausted by the battle, uh, the constant battle that they they may believe that well maybe it's time to turn the page if we can get someone who has all Trump's policies who's not Trump uh right so the other concern though and I'm I don't have a position on this one way or another but the other problem is is that it's really not about Trump right this is about the views that Trump now brought to the fore for the Republican party they they don't they don't like his views they don't like the fact that he called out the military for their failures that he wanted us to pull out of Iraq and Afghanistan that he wanted to treat China and our trade relationship with China in a in a much I mean it was smarter but much different way than the globalists preferred and they certainly didn't like the fact that he sent all those illegal immigrants back to Mexico without remain in Mexico I mean they don't they think borders are immoral they think, uh, the, the owning you know, owning big SUVs is immoral. They think eating too much beef is immoral. Having air conditioning is immoral. These people think that the American way of life is immoral. And, and it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter in the end whether it's Trump making the populist conservative points or whether it's DeSantis or someone like him. They're going to come full bore against any Republican. Even an establishment one—they saw what they did to Romney. Romney was a caricature of Thurston Howell III by the time they got done with him back in 2012. So, yeah, they, Trump is a is a is a placeholder right now for the ire and fury of the left. But anyone who steps into that breach is going to find the same find the same pain being thrust at him or her
0: quick commercial break more with matt wall she's incredibly smart really funny guy as well i'm really looking forward to this conversation i'm a big fan of him big fan of the documentary and i hope you're a big fan of this interview two-thirds of americans are at risk to experience a blackout you could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours for days maybe even weeks are you ready to protect your family you could be With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer, or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa.
2: Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice.
0: The documentary, I loved it. I, I thought it was so good. I mean, obviously, you're a very intelligent person, but I also appreciated the sense of humor with it too. And I mean, you got to laugh in the cloud world that we live in today. So I appreciated that.
4: Yeah. Uh, well, you know, that's that's what we wanted to kind of bring out is the uh, is that there's on the top layer of this issue, I guess you could say, there's a lot of absurdity, and uh, absurdity is funny, so it's. It's appropriate to laugh at it, but then once you go a little bit below the surface, you find that uh, you know there's some really sinister things going on. So, if we could, our goal was to kind of get both of those things into the movie, and then also you know make it a like an actual piece of entertainment as well, um, even though it's dealing with a serious issue. So, uh, we're we're happy that uh, that part of it is resonating to people.
0: No, I mean I learned a lot from it as well. So, to your point, it, it you know it also gave across a lot of information that was important. What is a woman? <laughs>
4: Well, that's—I uh, feel like that's a spoiler. But if I if I had to give spoilers away, then you know, as we discovered, a woman is an adult human female. It really is uh, as as simple as that. I mean, you could you get in more specifics about each individual woman and talk about you know uh, the personality traits of women individually, but when it comes to the definition of the term, that's that's pretty much it.
0: But it was so complicated for so many people to answer. And you've also got a book coming out, and it's titled, What is a Woman? One Man's Journey to Answer the Question of a Generation. But how did we get to this place in time where that, that question, such so a simple question, is the question of a generation?
4: Yeah, I think it, it feels like... This all was was sort of sprung on us uh, maybe you know seven eight years ago maybe ten years ago that's the way it seems to most people that just it came out of nowhere and this became an issue and this became a question at that point but really as we get into in the film it goes back even further than that and I mean, you could trace it back almost as far as you want but we uh, we take it back to what I think is a is a kind of landmark moment in the mid twentieth century when gender ideology in its current form began to take 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 shape Um, and it's sort of started there and then made its way into our institutions academia in particular and that's where it lived I think for the most part for decades before it funneled down into the into the mainstream Um, and uh, at this point it's just it's taken over all of our institutions and um, through the institutions taken over people's brains in a lot of ways and even the people who still have their brains about them and their wits about them they are, they're afraid, they're scared to tell the truth about this topic because of the powerful institutions that they know can punish them for speaking the truth.
0: Well, and to that point, uh, let's play this clip real quick, and then I, I want to get to you on the other side of it.
4: So, you're saying if you're not a woman, then you shouldn't have an opinion? Where does a guy get a right to say what a woman is? Women only know what women are. Are you a uh, cat? No. Can you tell me what a cat is?
0: actually a genuine mistake i am sorry i even came up there so obviously walked right into that one but to the point this person could obviously answer the question they're they're choosing not to so you know to what extent are we conditioning society this way you know talk about sort of that social conditioning that's going on right now
4: yeah and that person in in the clip there that was uh just one of the many ways that people have the, the proponents of this ideology they have they have no way of answering the questions, but they do have different ways of getting around them, or trying to get around them anyway and evade them. And one of the classic uh, evasion tactics now is this thing that you heard from that person, which is, well, job uh, only a woman is qualified to even speak on this subject. And uh, of course that doesn't make any sense. And but, but even there are plenty of women who will say that a woman's only adult human female. And uh, according to the gender ideologues, that's still not an acceptable answer. even coming from a woman. So the whole thing doesn't make any sense. Um, and it has been it has been a process of, of conditioning, and I think you know there there's kind of two part there's two different types of conditioning. There's the intimidation, the fear tactics, conditioning people that way, and these are especially adults, many adults who grew up in a basically sane society, at least a society that knew the difference between men and women, uh, but now are pretending they don't because they've been conditioned through fear to remain silent or to just take the party line. And then there's the other more insidious form of conditioning that happens to children who uh, never had the opportunity to grow up in a sane society. They grew up in the society we have now. And um, for them, it's like the the left gets to them very, very early before they understand the differences between reality and fiction and all of that. And, And they live in a fantastical world already in their heads because they're imaginative children. And the left gets to them very young and takes advantage of that and uh, just warps their mind from a young age. And uh, that's what we're seeing play out right now in society. Well,
0: and I think that's the saddest part of it. I mean, like, but it's parents, too. I mean, J-Lo took the stage, announced they was joining her. It was only her daughter. So, one person, which is slightly confusing. Um, You know, and it's this fad, right? The New York Post did an article recently with detransitioners. And one person, one girl was named Chloe Cole, 17-year-old student from California. And she talks about how, like, this really started for her when she joined Instagram at 11. And she says, I, I started being exposed to a lot of LGBT content and activism, and what she liked about it was all the attention that these people were getting, the praise that they were getting. She didn't really have a lot of friends at the time. You know, so, so talk about social media's role in sort of driving these spikes and transitions we're seeing in our youth.
4: Yeah, that's a huge part of it. I, I think it's, it's- there's a couple of different things going on. The, the uh, as you point out, the Jennifer Lopez with the non-binary daughter or whatever it is. Um, that's you know, it's it's not a coincidence that all of the celebrities now have non-binary and trans kids. And for them, it's just a fashion statement, I think. And they they use their kids like um, like that, like fashion accessories. And so there's a lot of that going on with parents, which is really it's really terrible that parents treat their kids that way. But but they do, especially in Hollywood. Um, but then there's also you know, we, we talk a little bit about rapid, uh, rapid onset gender dysphoria. And, and that's the, the, the child, oftentimes, not always, but, but often, most of the time, it's a girl, adolescent girl, who was raised in a normal house and um, not, certainly don't, their parents are not on board with this at all. And everything is fine. And then, and then they come home from school one day and they just announce, oh, I'm a boy. And that's that has, that happens, happening all, all over the country. And many parents are going through this. And where do the kids pick it up from? Well, they pick it up from, you know, their friends at school. That's a big part of it because they're they're in this environment physically every single day for like six or seven hours a day, five days a week, nine months a year for twelve years, where these ideas are being voiced on them, and, and there's all this peer pressure. And now it's trendy and cool to be, you know, trans or not binary. It's like the worst thing you could be is just a normal quote unquote cis person, as they call it now. Um, and then they're at, they have that at school, but then they leave school. But they don't really leave school. They don't really leave the peer culture, peer environment because they have their phones and they have social media. And so they end up in this kind of fog that follows them around and surrounds them all day long. And that's where social media uh, becomes a big part of it. And I really think that it it would be impossible to overstate um, just how much of a role social media plays in this, uh, in, in getting these ideas Directly into our
0: kids' minds. Well, I mean, I think with things like TikTok, it's intentional because obviously it's you know China, right, <laughs> trying to sort of infiltrate our country and destroy us from within. Uh, but uh, you know, but the, the challenge is that the tragedy of it is that I mean, can you really detransition? transition right? Like the the New York Post in that same interview interviewed another individual. Th- she. Uh, she Uh, At 12 years old, she decided that she was transgender. At 13, she came out to her parents, went on puberty uh, blockers, was prescribed testosterone. At 15, she underwent a double mastectomy. And then less than a year later, at 16, she realized she made a mistake. So, I mean, how do you go back? At that point, when you you know you've already given yourself a, a double mastectomy, I mean, I think that that's the concern here is that like, can you de? You know, how do you even do that?
4: Yeah, I think that well, you can detransition mentally, which is uh, important, but it kind of bring your mind back to reality and learn to accept yourself or who you who you actually are. But that, yeah, that's the great tragedy is that the physical part of it can't cannot be undone. And that that uh, applies to the surgeries. Obviously, you get a double mastectomy. There's no way of going back from that. You've had body parts removed. Obviously, uh, but that also applies to the drugs too. Puberty blockers. There are there are permanent effects to puberty blockers. And uh, the other side, they just they just straight up lie about this, and they lie to kids, and they lie to everybody, they lie to parents, and they say that this is oh, it's temporary and reversible. It's not. I mean, there are permanent changes happening to the body. Um, starting with things like your, your voice. I mean, you start taking the stuff that changes your voice and those, that change is permanent. And that's not a small change. Like that's a very, that's, that's a defining feature of you is your voice. And that's gone forever and changed um, changes to your, you know, your uh, uh, bone structure, bone density, all kinds of physiological changes and sterilization. These drugs are also sterilizing kids permanently. And the question is whether a child under the age of consent can actually consent to having, to undergoing these changes, whether they, it doesn't matter what they say, doesn't matter if they verbally agree to take the drugs, can they actually consent? Can they, um, you know, assent to this change happening to the body? And, and the answer is no, because that's the whole point of the age of consent is that no matter what a kid says, they can't really understand the quote unquote choice they're making. And so there can't be any consent.
0: Well, and to that point, I mean, this person was 15 when she underwent a, a double mastectomy. I mean, if a parent went out and got their 15 year old breast implants, they, they would probably have their kid take it away.
4: Right. And that's, or you could, and there's so many other examples you could give uh, I mean, breast implants, tattoo, you know, um, the age where you can get a tattoo varies. But uh, I, I think almost everyone would agree that 15 is too young to go get a tattoo, and especially if, you know, what if you had a 15 year old kid who wanted to get a big tattoo? right across her forehead. Like, who, who, who would uh, agree that, that a 15-year-old should be able to make that choice? And if the 15-year-old went into the tattoo parlor and asked the tattoo guy for a tattoo across her forehead and the, the tattoo artist actually did it, then we would blame that. We'd say he needs to be put out of business for that. He needs to be fined all maybe arrested for doing that to a, a girl who obviously didn't know what she was doing. Um, and you know uh, who on the left thinks that 15 year olds should be able to buy guns or like do anything else, right? So it just uh, it just doesn't make any sense. It's not consistent. But that's that's the story with uh, the left and with gender ideology in general. It just contradicts itself at every turn.
0: Well, I mean, they want to change the age to buy a gun to, to 21, right? And, and it's sick too because you've got these groups like the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, which you know whatever. But they they've recently recommended that hormones can start at 14. Two years earlier than the previous advice which you know their their advice is obviously bs but uh and then some surgeries can be done at 15 or 17. it's like i I mean what does it say about a society that doesn't look at that and say no you know we have to protect the kids well it
4: says that we're a totally lost and broken uh society to begin with and i mean as as i think uh lots of people know you can judge a, a civilization by how it treats its children so what does that say about ours and what you mentioned there—the uh, world, um, whatever it's called, WPATH, the the transgender health organization—that's um, a very significant. The fact that they made that change and they lowered the age for this stuff is extremely significant. And the reason it's significant is that this organization, WPATH, is considered wrongly, but is but is considered to be uh, you know a prominent authority figure on when it comes to quote unquote transgender health and whatever they decree, whatever they declare is immediately accepted by every other medical organization, uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics, you know, the American Psychological Association, all these different, all the, all these other medical associations, organizations that we, that we think are valid and legitimate um, consider WPATH to be itself valid and legitimate and to be the voice, the, whatever they say is the gospel truth when it comes to gender and transgenderism. So yeah, if they say that 15 is old, is, uh, old enough for, for surgery, then that's what it becomes. Uh, that's, what the, that's what the medical field in general will adopt and accept. And that's what makes it so terrifying.
0: Quick commercial break and back with country music star, John Reg. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them. Sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa.
2: Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice.
0: So we've got country music star in the house, John Rich, on this episode. I'm sure you've seen he's got a new song called Progress, where he calls out all this woke crap that's ruining the country, ruining America, ruining everything that this country stands for or values freedom. Liberty, just utter destruction is what the left is trying to do. So, he's got a new song about that. And what's really cool is he released the song on Truth Social and Rumble rather than going, you know, the traditional route. And guess what? It soared to number one on the Apple iTunes chart within hours. So, I love the fact he did that. He bypassed the machine and he beat the machine. Also, you know what's really cool? So he he gives a percentage of all his proceeds from his Redneck Riviera brand. He's got a bunch of things like you know barbecue sauce, uh, whiskey, all these different things. He gives a percentage of that uh, to Folds of Honor. How cool is that? I, I love that he does that. So he's a good dude. He's had you know, tremendous success in his career in country music and a variety of other things. He's got a bar in Nashville as well, so he's done a ton of stuff. Cool guy. We're going to talk to him about his new song and so much more. Stay with us for John Rich, country music star. it's such an honor to have you on the show. I, I wanted to tell you, I really respect your bravery because we really do live in this society where you know telling the truth comes at a cost, uh, so I appreciate the fact that you do that
5: well it's uh <laughs> at this point i don 't know what what it serves anybody to keep your mouth shut and censor yourself. you know at least speak the truth and if they want to censor you well that 's on them but Self-censorship, to me, is a real problem in our country that people are so afraid to even even try it because somebody's going to call them a bad name or kick them off of a platform or whatever. Well, that should not be enough of a reason for you to sacrifice your own freedom of speech. And that's kind of the attitude I have. And that that's why I keep coming like I do.
0: Well, I love it. And then that's why I wanted to have you on, you know, Dave Chappelle said that recently. And I love, because obviously he gets hit on the trans jokes he tells. And he said, the more you say, I can't say something, the more urgent it is for me to say. it. And I, f- I feel like that's where we are right now. Right. And, and you get it, obviously with the new song that we're going to get into. Uh, of the fact that, look, now is the time to speak out. Now is the time to be bold. Well, can you
5: imagine if the founding fathers had not spoken out? (laughs) I mean, can you imagine? If you go back and look at the Declaration of Independence and those people that signed that document, they all knew that if the British Empire ever found them, they were going to hang them, shoot them, burn their houses down, enslave their families, erase them from the history of the earth. That's what they were up against, and they signed it anyway. And old John Hancock, I wish I could have known that guy. He's like, give me that pen. I'm going to sign it triple bid, man. I'm going to make sure they don't miss my name at all. That's the attitude that they had to found the country. Liberty or death was not a hashtag or a bumper sticker or a T-shirt or a ball cap or a website. Liberty or death was the attitude it took to build the country, and they were willing to risk it all for future generations. Well, who's the future generation? Us. The ones of us talking right now on this podcast, all the people listening to this podcast, it's us that they were doing that for. So who are we to sit here as the benefactors of all the risks that they took to only go, you know what, I'm not going to say it because I might get kicked off of Twitter. I'm not going to say it because somebody will give me a dirty look at work. I'm not going to say it because it, it, it might hurt my business a little bit. Really? That's what we're worried about? I think as Americans, we got to remember whose shoulders we're standing on and we need to act like it.
0: I'm so glad you said that because, I mean, look, I've always loved this country. I've always been proud to be American, but it really kind of took COVID and some of the things that we've been dealing with as a society just to sort of revisit American history and realize what makes this country great. Realize how precious freedom is, liberty is, and how fleeting it is because, you know, Really, before a lot of this stuff, I, I don't know, I, I, for whatever reason, thought somehow we were immune to some of this stuff because we are Americans, but, but we're not, and we've really seen that, and it, it's so sad to see.
5: Yeah, and Americans, a lot of Americans anyway, lack perspective. You know, it's been a long, long time since our freedom was actually threatened, which in my opinion was World War II. That's the last time it was actually threatened. If we hadn't beat Hitler, Mussolini, and Imperial Japan, if we would have lost that war, you'd have a very different America today. Very different. But they did what they had to do and and won a war on both sides of the earth simultaneously to get us to the point we are today. But everybody that's alive today, nobody has any touchstone. Uh, back to the World War II era. Nobody remembers that. I mean, all of our World War II vets now are in the late 90s, 100. Nobody's around that remembers that. And I think that the complacency has set in over these over these many decades with Americans thinking, yeah, we're free and we'll always be free and go America. But what we fail to realize is, is there's all kinds of factions of people. There's international factions, but there's internal factions. Inside of our country that would really like to see this country come under control. You know, they'd really like to see America have to be on its knees so it has to reach up for help so they can take full control of of the most powerful country in the world. That's really the point here. And we've been blind and deaf to it, just rolling on about our business, thinking, nah, that's not going on. Nobody would ever do that. Why would you want to mess up America? Nobody want to mess up America. We're the greatest. Well, we are the greatest, but there's a lot of people that, to get what they want to see happen, come to fruition, America has got to be down on its knees for that to happen. And I believe that's where we found ourselves today. And instead of the Great Reset, I do believe it is a great awakening. As scary as it is and as nasty as it is to go through, I think that Americans from both sides of the political aisle, from all different walks of life, are all experiencing the same pain At the same time, and I said this the other day on Twitter, I said America is finding unity in the pain right now. As bad as that is to say, if there's a silver lining to what's going on, Americans are finally waking up and going, hang on a minute, are these people trying to railroad our country? Because it sure as hell looks like it. And we're going, yeah, I think that's what they're trying to do. And none of us want to see that happen. So it's an interesting time, and, and even it's the most important time, I think, right now. To be outspoken, to not let them scare you into submission, do not take the knee. They have built their machine, there are ways around their machine. We can still exist and succeed and thrive without using their machines and as an artist and and an entrepreneur guy, that's kind of what I'm out to prove to everybody that it can be done. Well,
0: and and I love that you did that, because you did that with this song, Progress. And we're going to play a clip here just in a minute. But uh, what I love about how you released it is you released it on True Social and Rumble. And within hours, it soared to the number 1 Apple Tunes. Uh, chart, so you were able to beat the machine and do it your own way, and I, I love that. I love that you did that way.
5: Yeah, it was a uh, it was a risky thing to do. I can promise you that had I run that idea by by the people I work with, my managers and people, really smart guys, they would have said, "Yeah, that's not a good way to probably have the most success, John." Because think of all the people you're cutting out by not going to Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. But the song says. One of the lines says, they shut down our voices. They shut down our Main Street. They shut down our voices. Well, the voices, who shut them down, who I'm referring to, are the liberal platforms, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the like. And I thought, you know, it would be awful hypocritical of me to put a song out like this railing against those platforms and those systems, but then use those same systems to go promote a song. I mean, that, to me, that just seemed like double talk which I can't stand people that double talk. I thought, well, I may not have as good a chance of, of this thing going to number one, but I'll do it the right way. And hey, you never know, maybe I'll be surprised. And within six hours of launching this song only on True Social and Rumble, within six hours, it had displaced Lizzo and Billie Eilish out of the number one and two spots in progress. And this is with no record label, no marketing funds, nothing, no industry support whatsoever. Then six hours, it's sitting at number one. And I just looked at that and went, Holy cow, look at that. It's possible.
0: And that kind of speaks to where people are, right? Because obviously, this struck a chord with people. People listened to this song and they said, I feel this. This is how I feel right now, which is why it was able to rise to number one. So, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of Americans listened to it. I know I did and said, Yeah, I, I agree. This is where we are, you know. Like, <laughs> does the phrase "ding, ding, ding" come into play when you hear that it song? It does. Also, it was funny when you were talking about how, uh, you know, if you ran the idea by your team, they, you don't really strike me as the kind of guy, you know. Even if they're like, "Hey, John, this isn't in your interest," you don't really strike me as the kind of guy to, you know, say, "All right, we're not going to do it." Then. <laughs> you strike me. You, you strike me as the kind of guy well, who's going to do it anyways if you think it's the right thing. You would be correct uh, in that assumption, especially
5: now. I think uh, listen. There's a lot of a lot of songwriters, singers, uh, movie producers, all kinds of really talented people that have content that they they know if they put it on the big platforms, it's going to get it's going to get cut down. They just know it, and and they're right about that. So this was like, okay, I'm going to be a Daniel Boone here for a minute. I'm going to pioneer out here for a second. And instead of taking advantage of all these platforms, let's just don't do it and see if we can see if we can compete at a really high level without using them. Is it even possible? And that, that's a hell of a question. And we just proved, yeah, it's not only possible. You can you can thrive with that. And what I found is that the the, uh, the outpouring of support is maybe even more at this point because they realize, man, he didn't go he didn't go with those big machines. He didn't yell at the machine and then use the machine. He yelled at the machine and then walked away from the machine and still won. And I think people appreciate that. I hope other content creators look at this and go, okay, it's possible. Because I can promise you, True Social, Rumble, those platforms, they they are wanting to hit the gas pedal behind content creators that are putting out really, really, excellent pieces they want to get behind them and blow them up if we're in a culture war which we are how do you keep track if you're making any progress or not to to play a pun on that word the real progress well if you can take pieces away from them take away their prized property and in the world of music the most prized property out there is the number one sales position that's the big one because there's no bigger vote of confidence than for somebody to hit that download button and they spend a buck 29, you know, it's not a free stream or something like that. They they have to pay a little bit of buck 29, but they do it and they download it. That's the ultimate confirmation that you're having impact. That's the price property. That the music industry has So for us to be sitting there right now Is a huge statement
0: no, I, I so respect you doing that And I want to play a clip right now For the for the audience at home Let's play a clip
5: There's a hole in this country Where its hard used to be no glory is divided On the firing the street They say building back better make America great If that's a wave of defeat, your own life got to say. Stick your
0: where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess. I love me, that line there's a hole in this country where the heart used to be, because I, I think a lot of us Americans, you know, this basically this conversation we've been having is how do people not love this country? You know, we live in the greatest country in the world, and we're just sitting there watching all these people on the left have no respect for it and no respect for the people who have laid down their lives to to preserve the freedoms that we have now. And it's just like, to your point, you know, there's a hole in this country where its heart used to be.
5: Yeah, well, they sure as hell love it when they get arrested in Russia, don't they? You find yourself in handcuffs in a a socialist communist country and you're begging your country to take you back when you just got through trashing our flag on a national platform and talking smack about the red, white, and blue up in front of God and everybody, but you get yourself in a bind in a communist country, and who are you calling? Daddy. You're calling your mama. Hey, come get me out. I can't be stuck here. Really? I think you're where you wanted to be. You know? You trash you trash the country you live in. You don't respect it. You don't appreciate it. Now you're finding out what other countries are all about. Oh, yeah, you don't have freedom over there, do you? No, you don't. You got due process? No. No, you don't. Uh, that to me, that is such a poignant thing to see that athlete arrested in in uh, in communist Russia uh, and watch her beg for America to come bail her out after she just got through trashing us. I said earlier, Lisa, that Amer- a lot of Americans lack perspective, and what I mean by that, they haven't been around the world. I- I've had the I've had the ability to travel all over the planet and sing music everywhere. I've sang it in. Uh, I've sang it in Central America, the Middle East. I've sang it in uh, places in Europe, South America, Asia. I've been all over the place, and you see people living in situations, and you go, "Man, I can't wait to get back home." I mean, wow! Uh, I can't believe people dealing with this every single day of their life, and you get back home, and go, "Man, we're not perfect, but we are head and shoulders above everybody else," and that's why everybody wants to live in America. That's why we got lines coming in and no lines going out. And we never will have lines going out, ever, in this country. And so they lack perspective until they ultimately get it, which is what that athlete's having right now, a big dose of perspective. Please come bail me out, America. I don't hate you anymore. (laughs) I mean, okay. It's a little late for that, sister, but uh, okay.
0: Yeah, it's a little late for that, and it also just shows these people have no idea what they're talking about, right? Like they they want to hate on America. To your point, they don't have that perspective. You know, they have no idea they have no idea what the alternative looks like, and and we certainly don't want to find out. John Rich, you're awesome. Anything you want to leave us with uh, before we go? Uh,
5: I just hope people keep their chin up. I hope people uh, they catch a, a big case of courage. I hope that on their level, wherever they are, with their neighbors and the people they, they talk to and hang around with, you need to be bold, you need to speak your mind, and you need to realize that there's a lot of people out there um, that will follow suit if they see you doing it first. Somebody's got to be the point of the spear, even down to the down to the very neighborhood and street that you live on. Remember that you're American. Remember whose shoulders you're standing on and act like it. And if we do that, we'll get our country straightened out.
0: That's awesome. And go check out his new song, Progress. John Rich, I really respect you. I respect what you're doing, and I respect your voice. So, thank you for taking a stand and, and taking time to come on the show. I really appreciate it.
5: Yes, ma'am. I love your voice as well. You're a, you're a very important voice in our country, and I'm, I'm honored to be on your podcast call anytime.
0: everything he does for veterans he's an awesome guy and i appreciate him joining the show and i appreciate you at home for listening every monday and thursday but you can listen throughout the week the truth with lisa booth i want to thank my executive producer for all the work he puts into putting this together please leave us a review give us five stars an apple leave us a review we always appreciate it until next time take care.